Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. DC Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Happy Friday and welcome to another episode of Locked on Braves, the show for the Braves by Braves fans, brought to you by the Locked on Podcast Network, the Technic Corporation, and the Odyssey Group. Locked on Podcast Network is here to give you all of your favorite shows, covering all of your favorite teams, whatever that particular sport may be, whether it be college football, pro football, basketball, hockey, baseball, I don't know. Pretty soon they'll probably have one for NASCAR or for cricket. Who really ever knows? All you got to do is go like and subscribe on your favorite podcast network, whether that be like, I don't know, iTunes or Spotify or Pandora or Amazon Podcasts or Podbean. I don't know. Wherever you get your podcasts from, there's a good chance that you're going to find the entire network of Locked On Podcast shows up there for your viewing pleasure. Find your favorite teams or your favorite hosts. Like and subscribe so you can be kept up to date whenever a new episode drops and you can rule the water cooler. You can be the smartest fan in the room without having to do the work for yourself. Let somebody else do it for you. Work smarter, not harder. And the smartest way to fan is to follow along with the Locked On Podcast Network, bringing you your teams every single day. Okay, so a weird two consecutive off day for the Braves. Um... I'm really glad that uh, it's over. I, I, you don't really notice during the season just how weird it is to have two consecutive days off. Um, I'm, it's not something I can remember the Braves having for a very long time, but it leaves you with two nights where you're just trying to struggle with, man, what the heck do I do? Since, you know, Major League Baseball is awful at, at making sure everybody can see all of its product and, and reaching every audience. Uh, with no Braves to watch, you know, you got to kind of scrounge around and scoreboard watch and start pulling for teams that you don't really care about because you're really just rooting against the Phillies and the Mets. And that works out fine for the Braves. The Braves lost both the games to the Yankees and then had two consecutive days off and somehow picked up an even larger lead in the division as the Phillies and the Mets are just cratering at the moment. Which is good news for the Braves as they're about to, to really get into probably the toughest stretch of their schedule. Um, now that they're going to start this West Coast swing, getting ready to welcome the Giants in to Truist Park before starting on the West Coast road trip. Uh, and this is a big series for the Braves. The Giants are the best team in baseball, according to record. And it's one of those where I really don't know why. I don't know how they're playing as well as they are. If you look at their roster, top to bottom, I, I don't really have any explanations for how they can have 83 wins right now and be trending close to, like, they're, they're, they have a chance to be a 100-win team. Right now, they have a chance to be the first team to win 100 games. And I, I don't understand how it's happening. They've had some really good pitching. I, I guess they've had timely hitting, but they don't really have anybody that worries you. Pretty much anywhere on the ball club. Yeah, they have Chris Bryant now. They traded for Chris Bryant, and that's probably the most impressive offensive player they have. Mike Yastrzemski has been hurt and hasn't played particularly well this season. He does have 20 homers, but I, I, I struggle to figure out how the Giants are doing this. Pitching-wise, it's not that hard to see, but just looking at their ranks hitting-wise, they're ninth in average, ninth in runs scored, 10th in hits, ninth in on-base percentage, 4th in slugging, and 1st in homers, which doesn't make any sense at all to me when you look at this lineup up and down. They're not a, they're not a particularly fascinating team 
when you're just looking at them on paper. Evan Longoria hasn't been... Evan Longoria was good until he started, you know, being Evan Longoria and not being able to be healthy. Um, it, it, it's just a, a weird mix for this team, and yet somehow they're just dominating everybody. Uh, it, it's not something I expected to see during the season. I thought that they would be third in that division. I had no... I didn't think they'd win 83 games, period, much less 83 games with 36 left in the, in the, in the season. Uh, with a chance to go over 100. So, I mean, yeah, they got Buster Posey, and he's, he's you know, he's not the Buster Posey that we're used to seeing. But, you know, he's still in the catching department. He's still not bad. Brandon Belt is, is an on-base guy. He's got some pop, but he's never been that special. Donovan Solano's been okay. Tommy LaStella's been okay. Longoria's been good, but he's been hurt. Chris Bryant's been pretty good since going over, but nothing to really write home about. Brandon Crawford is in the midst of a really big season for him, but... We've seen that he's not too much. Mike Yastrzemski's having a little bit of a down year. Austin Slater's been okay. Lamont Wade, okay. Darren Ruff, not that good. I don't really know where they're coming up with this. If you look at their depth chart, it's just not that that inspiring. It's I, I don't get it. And their pitching lineup really isn't much either. Anthony DeSclafini and Kevin Gossman are, are really big for the turnaround. Logan Webb has been outstanding. But then you still got Johnny Cueto and old friend Alex Wood, and that's not a bad rotation. Gosman, Sclafini, and Webb have been really good this year, particularly Kevin Gosman, who we'll see tonight. Um, but again, it's it's just it's very surprising to me that they've been as good as they have been. Uh, so credit to them, and I hate giving Gabe Kapler any credit at all because I hate Gabe Kapler. But you know his, his team's out there doing really really well. He's got a couple of pitchers who have been far better than they really should have been this season or what anybody expected them to be coming into the season. I mean, Logan Webb's sitting at 2.2 F4 right now. Kevin Gosman's going to touch 4 F4 probably within the next couple of starts. I mean, they've, they've been surprisingly good. Uh, now, that doesn't mean that the Braves should just roll over. I think that this Braves team is a good matchup for them. The Giants have started to play much better. Or not the Giants. The, the Dodgers have started to play much better. Since they've made all those trades, shocker when you add the best pure shortstop in baseball and Trey Turner, you add Max Scherzer to that roster, all of a sudden you start winning games and, and start dominating people again. Big surprise there. But the Giants have been able to hold serve without really going crazy. And I think that's that's just some of that Cardinals magic that they're always used to seeing. So um, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a tough three games. The Braves have had a tough stretch. You had the Yankees for two, and I think that Yankees lineup, along with that Dodgers lineup, are the are the most dangerous lineups in baseball. But the, the, you can't argue with what the Giants have been able to do. I think that I still think when I look at that roster that they're not anything that special team-wise. They just cover each other's holes very, very well. Um, their pitching has performed very well. They've got three guys that are gonna that are up over two F four this season, uh, and I'm not even really looking at Johnny Cueto or Alex Wood. Who Alex Wood, a, a, a guy that we know here in Braves country, he's been he's been kind of hit or miss this year. Some spots been very good, some spots not so good. Um, but he's he's sitting right at two war himself. So I mean they've got they've had a, a really good performance. Uh, it's going to be a tough three game stretch for the Braves taking on Kevin Gosman tonight. And that's not going to be that's no joke. Kevin Gosman has figured a lot of things out uh, to have him go and be awful. He was don't forget by the way he was really really good for us for the first ten starts after the trade. It was after those ten starts that he was kind of no longer any good. Um, but kudos to the Giants who just always seem to have a knack and a habit of figuring out how to fix guys. They sure did fix Kevin Gosman and DeSclafani, and uh, Logan Webb has turned into a really, really good prospect for them. So it's going to be a tough it's going to be a tough challenge today. 
for Max Fried against this team as he looks to uh, as he looks to follow up his Maddox his last time out there. We'll see we'll see what he can do against this Giants roster. This is gonna be a uh, this is gonna be a difficult three game stretch. Similar to that Yankees one, which we're going to get into here in the second segment. We're going to go ahead and take our first break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Braves versus the Yankees and why. Although the scores weren't where, weren't where I wanted them to be, overall, I saw what I was hoping to see from the Braves and from the Yankees and from that little two-game set. I don't call it a series, but that little two-game set did make me feel uh, pretty confident in what the Braves are going forward. So don't go anywhere. We'll be back after this right here on Locked on Braves. Today's episode of Locked on Braves is brought to you by Built Bar, the greatest protein bar company in the world. You know them, you love them, it's Built Bar. They are the greatest tasting, the most ingenious flavors, and the most solid texture for a protein bar that you could possibly ask for. No longer do you have to chew on the bottom of a shoe whenever you want a meal replacement bar. All you gotta do is order from BuiltBar.com. Only the best ingredients they got about 4 net grams of carbs, 19 grams of protein. They are the perfect bar for pretty much any time of day. Whether it's breakfast, whether it's meal replacement, whether it's midnight snack, pre or post workout, whenever. Built Bars are just phenomenal. And they have all sorts of really cool flavors. I'm not talking just like cookies and cream or peanut butter or chocolate brownie. No, I'm talking things like salted caramel, talking things like grasshopper. And when I say grasshopper, I don't mean the bug. I mean the Girl Scout cookie grasshopper. Things like birthday cake, churro, all sorts of really cool and interesting and fun flavors. All you need to do is go to BuiltBar.com yourself. Use the promo code LOCK15 and you'll get a nice surprise on your shipping. Go there, create your own box, try your own flavors, find the ones that are perfect for you. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 and get started and try the best bar in the universe today. Welcome back, everybody, to today's episode of Locked on Braves. So before we continue going with the Braves uh, and, and kind of really what I want to see on this West Coast swing, which is going to be very, very tough for the team, I do want to kind of go over that little New York set that the Braves just finished off. They did get beat in both of those games, but I didn't think that they were vastly outplayed. It didn't look like there was a large gap. One of the things that you just started noticing and what's happened with this New York team ever since the deadline is you just see what happens when you've got a lineup where... At any one point in time, you got to go through DJ LeMayhew, Anthony Rizzo, Aaron Judge, Joey Gallo, Giancarlo Stanton, uh, and, and those are all really powerful players. Not all of them are having great years. I mean, you look at the OBPs for them, and they're all doing very, very well. 352 OBP for LeMayhew, 347 for Rizzo, 377 for Judge, 368 for Gallo, 368 for Stanton, uh, 345 for Voigt, even though he's been kind of hurt and, and not super effective this year. They've got guys that get on base, they've got big, big power, but more than anything, they've got a collection of absolutely ridiculous bullpen pieces. Um, Jonathan Loiasiga, I'm not, I, I don't think I'm saying anything crazy by saying that he might be one of the nastiest bullpen pieces I've ever seen, uh, or at least I've seen lately. I don't want to go too crazy, but you don't see guys that have 100 mile an hour sinkers that move the way his does with a slider that breaks the way that his does. I, I don't understand how anybody hits off of Jonathan Loiasiga. Former starter, moved to the bullpen and has been absolutely electric. 9-4 in the season with a 2-2-3 ERA. 
And I can't believe that anybody scores any runs off of him. Uh, but he, he, Chad Green, Araldus Chapman, who hasn't been as good since the sticky stuff came in, but still, you know what Chapman can do. He's got a nasty slider of his own. The whole Yankees bullpen is ridiculous. I think that was the big problem for the Braves, is they weren't able to get to the starting pitching. I mean, they faced Andrew Haney and Jordan Montgomery. Those were two guys that you really should have blitzed a little bit, and they really couldn't. They got two runs off of Haney, who only went four innings, by the way. It's not like he was particularly efficient. He threw nearly 70 pitches in four innings. The Braves just weren't able to get to him, and the Yankees got into their bullpen. Joely Rodriguez hasn't been great this year, but he's a very good arm. Uh, Chad Green is really good. Clay Holmes has not been great this year, but he's another guy with upside. Uh, they, they've got guys that have just been really solid relievers. they got Juan Peralta as well. They're a tough bunch to have to try to score runs off of late in games, and I think that helped them in this Braves series, where the Braves starters really didn't pitch badly at all. Charlie Morton got hit around a little bit, but it really wasn't a bad performance. He only went five innings, gave up six hits, four runs, and all four of them earned. That was off of two homers. Um, but he did have nine strikeouts in those five innings as well. He really didn't pitch that badly. It didn't work out for him the way we were wanting to, but he and Waskar both ended up with nine strikeouts. They did a really good job. Waskar's was even more impressive to me because um, I'd said before, that I thought that that Yankees lineup was, was one of the most dangerous lineups Waskar has faced. It's a good barometer for how he is. He did give up a homer to Giancarlo Stanton. We talked about it. Um, but he went six innings, gave up four hits, three earned runs, one walk, and nine strikeouts of his own. So the starting pitching was fine. The starting pitching was definitely good enough for you to win. It just, they weren't able to score runs late. The bullpen gave up a little bit of runs later. Edgar Santana in Monday's game. Uh, and then in Tuesday's game, Chris Martin gave up a run. And that point kind of sealed the fate. Also, let's be really honest, the umpiring kind of screwed the Braves quite a lot in that series as Freddie Freeman, uh, who was the tying run, was safe at the plate and was called out. Um, but I didn't think that that series was, was bad for the Braves in any stretch. Of course, you would have liked to win one or both of them. But I thought the Braves handled themselves pretty well. That New York team is a very, very good team. Um, and I, I thought the Braves played with them. I know that the I know the five to one score didn't look great, and the Braves got doubled up as far as the run differential. But I really didn't think they played badly. I thought they played very well. I thought that it showed that those are two playoff teams, uh, and those are teams that I picked at the beginning of the year to face each other in the World Series. Now the Braves obviously have a long way to go if they're going to get to the World Series. They're going to have to get through some very very tough teams, starting with the Giants tonight. I mean, we know what the Dodgers are. I've been talking about that whole first segment. I don't know why the Giants are playing as well as they are, but at this point, you're past the point where you can say that it's just luck. They really are that good of a team. And it starts with their starting rotation. Uh, their bullpen has been pretty good, but really it's that, that starting rotation of theirs has been very dominant, and they've been getting timely hits. They don't always blow people out of the water, but they score when they need to score. They've just been, they've just been a really good team. Uh, Harlan Garcia, we've known him for a while. He's done pretty well for him. Dominic Leone, pitching really well for them. <laughs> I mean, uh, Jose Alvarez has pitched very well for them as well. Tyler Rogers has been great for them. I mean, they've, they've got a lot of, all of their pitching basically has been phenomenal. And they just got done beating up on the Mets who have been flatlined ever since the second half started. The Mets got to a lead and then promptly Mets it all up. The, uh, the Phillies have been struggling to beat garbage teams like the Diamondbacks. Uh, as uh, the Phillies have now fallen under 500 is in their quest to, to finally have a fi uh, above 500 season for the first time since 2011. Doesn't look like it's happening right now. Now, they've still got a pretty easy stretch of schedule towards the end of the year, but they just got beat up pretty good by the Diamondbacks, and that is never a sign. If you're looking to actually compete, 
Uh, that is not what you're looking to see. So the Braves, despite getting beat two consecutive games by the Yankees, they still find themselves in, in better position than they were before the two-day off day. Now, I did think that two-day off day sucked. Uh, if, you're reading, if you're wondering why there were two consecutive off days, the Braves essentially planned it out because they would have because the Yankees have to be traveling. Uh, the Braves did not want to have to do a noon game for a Yankees game in the middle of the week. They wanted to have the most attendance possible. It is a business, obviously, and the Yankees always draw crowds because the Yankees, just like the Lakers and the Cowboys, who also make up the majority of their fan base, uh, are a bunch of people that generally aren't really Yankees fans. They're more fans of the the name the Yankees than anybody on the actual team, so to speak. Um, that's the nicest way I can frame that. But they always draw crowds, and the Braves have been very, very high in attendance. Liberty Media obviously wants to draw a nice profit from the uh, from from the revenue from people attending the ball games. So I don't really have an issue with it. I just don't like two consecutive off days. Feels weird. And Braves Twitter has a tendency to try to tear itself apart with one dot one off day. It was very risky, two and two in a row. But we survived it and getting ready to take on the Giants today. Now, one of the things with Kevin Gossman, this is kind of the main thing when you're watching Kevin Gossman. This is one of the key points to people that say that, that they're done with Rick Kranitz and that Kranitz shouldn't be the pitching coach uh, and that there is a common denominator. And a lot of these guys the Braves have been adding who haven't performed well. Kevin Gossman is a guy that looked like he was heading towards the bullpen uh, and, and maybe even was heading towards his time in the league being up a little bit. And then he came out this year working with the Giants and he's kind of switched it up a little bit. He started throwing a, that, that splitter, which really has been his key pitch his whole career. But he's really started using it a lot more effectively with the Giants. And there's a number of reasons. We talked earlier this year about when they, uh, when they lowered the seams of the baseball. and makes the ball a little bit more slick. makes it harder to, to really dig in. When you raise the seams of the baseball, it makes it much easier for pitchers. And when they raised the seams trying to deaden the ball a little bit, it gave pitchers the ability to really affect the baseball more. When you're talking about guys that rely on friction-style pitches, like splitters, like sliders, like curveballs, um, it really helps them out a little bit. It gives them sharper break. And Kevin Gossman, you don't really need sticky stuff when you're throwing splits. And as a matter of fact, if you, if you think about like spitballs, which gave you close to like a, a splitter or a forkball movement, actually... The, the slicker they are, the better it can be. You don't really need your fingers to be on there super tight because it's not about throwing it super hard. Even if you throw it 90 to 92, it's not really... It's more about the depth of the break and the sharpness of the break than it is the actual speed that you're throwing it with. When you look at Gosman's numbers this year, he has been excellent pretty much all over the board. The max exit velocity and the hard hit percentage are the only two things that he's had that have been under 50% in the uh, 50th percentile. Other than that, he doesn't have anything that's really standing out. The K rates are the 82nd percentile. That's his highest piece there. But it's all, it's all right there above average, decidedly above average. Now, again, I don't care about X stats, so I'm really not going to, to dig too deep into them. Um, but he's, you know, he, he's been throwing that split finger 35.5% of the time, throwing that four-seamer a lot, and that's a big-time pairing for him. Throwing the four-seam up and then dropping the splitter down so it gives that same illusion of the four-seam and drops out of the zone. Gets a lot of guys to roll over on it. He's not giving up nearly as many homers. Now, part of that is a product of the ballpark he's in because San Francisco is where home runs go to die. But he's got 174 Ks and 146 innings. He's been excellent this year. Um, so it'll be a tough matchup for Max Free. Now, I feel like Max can probably do pretty well against this lineup. I don't feel like they have... I don't feel... Like, outside of Chris Bryant, I don't really feel like the Giants have much power at all. I know they've hit... They, I know they've hit a ton of power... 
but they don't have any one particular guy that looks to me like, oh man, he's going to beat you. Uh, I, I Honestly, I don't understand how this is happening for them. I keep waiting for it to, to kind of go belly up at some point, but it really hasn't yet. So they've just managed to figure out how to do what they need to do when they need to do it. It's been it's been quite a season for them. Uh, and, and for them to, to blow out and be leading this division, even though the Dodgers are coming up close, for them to basically be, be leading this division at all points this year, it's not something I expected. It's not something that a lot of people expected. If they told you that they did, they're either just homers or they're lying to you. Uh, I, I am not sure exactly uh, what's been happening, but for, for Giants fans, you got to feel good. I mean, it, it's been... Uh, it's been rough for them the past couple of years. They're not used to being okay. They're they're more in line with being great. Um, but versus lefties this year, this is one of those areas where I do kind of think that the Braves can have a little bit of an advantage in game one. They have not been a good team versus left-handed pitching. As a matter of fact, they are the worst team. They are 30th against left-handed starters this year. Uh, so I do think that this is something where this is, this is a matchup tonight where if the Braves can scratch a few runs off of Gosman, and it's not going to be easy, but if you can get him to hang a splitter or two and you can give that thing a ride, then you've got a good shot here of, of being able to have a decent day. Now, WRC plus-wise, they are a 103 versus lefty, so they're still hitting for power. Um, but, you know, again, I think that Max has done so well this year uh, coming off of games where he's pitched well. I think Max has really gotten in, got himself back into a groove like he was for long portions of last season. So I'm excited to see this matchup for him. We're going to go ahead and take our next break. When we come back, we're going to continue talking about the Braves, and we'll see what happens. We'll talk about this West Coast swing and what it can tell us about the Braves' chances this year in the postseason and why you shouldn't count them out just because they lost to the Yankees. This team still has a long way to go, and this team can still play better than they have. So don't go anywhere. We'll be back with our final segment of the day up after this right here on Locked on Braves. Today's episode of Locked on Braves is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline is the place that I go to when I feel like trying to show off how smart I am or really just lose some money. Uh, it's never big because I'm not super awesome at gambling, so whenever I want to throw out a little bit of lines, usually it's going to be MMA. I've told you guys a million times, combat sports is usually where I make my bets. But, you know, sometimes I'll throw things out like betting before the season started that the Braves would win the division. starting to look pretty good on that. Or betting that the Braves and the Yankees would be in the World Series. Not looking as great on that, um, but you know, you win some, you lose some. And if you go to betonline.ag, you can find a line that's going to be perfect for you. If you're a beginner, if you're an advanced player, if you're a sharp, doesn't really matter. There's lines all over the board. There's lines everywhere, basically crisscrossing any and all things that could be considered a sport. I'm convinced that if you really had gotten on there during the Olympics, you would have found some lines on ping pong. I mean, you can do... Any line, basically, that you want. If you're looking for a line that's not on there, never fear. Thanks to their number one customer service, all you got to do is send them a line about a certain line that you want. And if it's a good one, they'll create it just for you. That's how awesome they are. If you haven't gotten into the sports gambling craze before and you're looking to try it out, go to betonline.ag, use the promo code Locked On, and when you make your initial deposit, you're going to get a nice little surprise. Go to BetOnline, use that promo code locked on today, and get started. Showing off how smart you are, it's time to put your money where your mouth is with BetOnline.
Welcome back to the final segment on today's episode of Locked On Braves and the final one for the week. So, with the Braves getting ready to play the Giants, this is going to be where the Braves start their, their big stretch against West Coast teams. Uh, you're going to have three against the Giants, three against the Dodgers, Three, yeah, three against the Dodgers in LA. Then you go and play three or four in Colorado, which is a nice little reprieve. Then you get the Nationals and the Marlins. You go back to playing Colorado, go back to San Francisco. Then you have four in Arizona. Then you have the Padres, including that makeup inning and a half that you've got there. Uh, and that's your September schedule. Not very kind to the Braves. You've got some nice little, nice little gimme games versus the Nationals and the Marlins. Um, got some nice, easy games to end out. The, the season will end in a three-game set in Atlanta versus Philadelphia, so you still feel pretty good about that. Uh, but it is going to be important to get your taste of West Coast games off to the right off to the right start. And they didn't do great against the Padres when they were in town, but that was a different Braves team. This is a chance for them to kind of show what they've got. I think that Dodgers series obviously is the one that you circle as being like, yeah, that's going to be tough. Uh, the Dodgers are... are basically the Braves' big brother anyway. Now they add in Trey Turner, whose entire career has just been about demolishing the Atlanta Braves. They add in Max Scherzer, who has pitched well against the Braves, but I feel like the Braves have higher chances of beating him than just about anybody else. They've seen him so often that they're not really surprised by Max Scherzer anymore. Uh, so that that's kind of one line. If you can end up facing Max Scherzer, you might feel pretty good about your chances there. Um, that's going to be Waskar Noah's next start is actually going to be against the Dodgers and Julio Urias. Charlie Morton will be taking on Walker Bueller. And then uh, you will have Max Freed versus Max Scherzer in what a matchup that they've probably had a number of times. So actually, the Braves feel good about the way that they're lining up against the Dodgers. You've got the right horses that you're facing against them, so you feel pretty good about that. But overall, what I want to see out of this Giants little series here is I want to see, I want to see the Braves be able to put some stuff together. The bullpen, I want to see them be a little bit sharper all the way through. If you can kind of... If you can get to the Giants early, I still maintain that they don't have a great offense. I know what their numbers have said this year, but I just I, I'm not that worried about that offensive team. They seem to find a home run whenever they need it, but when you're playing when you're playing out west, you are getting to play the Diamondbacks and the Rockies a lot. Now, granted, I say that as a guy whose teams are getting a beat up on basically all the bad teams in the NL right now, but I'm not. I, I think that the Braves should win this series. Maybe I'm crazy. But I do think that the Braves should win this. They do have to face Logan Webb tomorrow, and then they end up facing Di Slifani. So the Giants are throwing the three guys that they want to throw. But for the Braves, you're getting Max free today. you got to go with Drew Smiley tomorrow. But on Sunday, you get the return of Ian Anderson. Uh, and I actually might think that Saturday, I would not be shocked tomorrow if, uh, if it ends up being Tukey rather than Drew Smiley. I personally have said for a while now, that I would move Drew Smiley to the pin and let Tukey kind of hang on his spot. I think Tukey's been the better guy, especially lately, and he's been going deeper into the ball games than Drew Smiley. If they're both giving up kind of similar fips and similar runs, I think that Tukey has gone deeper into games to save the bullpen a little bit more. Um, but Ian Anderson returning on Sunday is going to be a big deal for this ball club. Uh, we've seen Waskar Noah come back and look fantastic. In his last start, Ian looked like he finally had the changeup back where he wanted it uh, and was K-ing guys left and right. Granted, it's in it's in AAA and, you know, <laughs> the best team in baseball so far is not a triple-A ball club, so it's definitely a rough task for him. And he's taking on a guy who's been very good this year in Di Scalfani. But if Ian Anderson is on, if he's got that, if he's got the release point for the change and he's got the tunnel for the change in the curveball back, then he's going to be really tough to beat. He's going to be really tough to square up night in and night out. So for the Braves, you're getting what you want. You let him kind of dip his toe and get better here in September, get him back up to speed. And by the time you get into the postseason... 
hopefully, knocking on wood, no injuries to speak of, the Braves should head into uh, should head into the playoffs with the best round of at least starting pitching that they've had all season long. The bullpen's at the best point that it's been all year. So, I mean, the Braves are coming out on the pitching side of things exactly where you want to see them. We'll see how the month of September goes, obviously. But they're heading into that final month with a chance to, to salt away a division lead, the fourth consecutive one, and head into the playoffs on a good note. And it seemed that a lot of people gave up on at multiple points during the season. They've got a chance now to where they can actually go pretty well in the playoffs. If they're able to beat the Giants, that's going to make you feel great. If they're able to beat the Dodgers or give a good account of themselves to the Dodgers, then you're looking even better because the, this Giants and Dodgers team, these are the two teams that you're going to be the most worried about. Now, in the playoffs, Milwaukee is going to be dangerous because when you only have to throw a three-man rotation and you can throw out Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Burns, and uh, uh, Freddie Peralta, that's pretty tough to beat. Um, they don't have a great offense, though, so as long as they don't suddenly boom offensively, you still feel like if you can get to them for three runs, then you can beat them. The two West Coast teams can slug with anybody, and that Dodgers team I do think is a giant. I think that once you get to the postseason, the Gi the Dodgers are going to be a really tough out. But we've seen the Braves take them to the limit before. We saw what they did to them last year, and it took a full seven games, and the Braves were two innings shy of beating them and going to a World Series that I do think they would have won. So the Giants are definitely better this year than last year, at least with players on the roster. Uh, I don't think the Braves are as good as they were a season ago overall, offensively for sure, because you don't have Ronald Acuna. Um, but I think that they've got a lot of good things going for them. I think if they get hot, then the Braves can hang with anybody. I think the starting pitching is most most definitely better than last year. So when you have that, and you talk about the Braves in the postseason, can run a four-man rotation if they want. You've got Charlie Morton, who's been aces in the postseason. You've got Max Fried, who's been very good in the postseason. You've got Waskar Noah, who last year was really good and has been dynamite all year long. You've got Ian Anderson, who's been really good uh, and, and should be even better going forward and his, after his first taste of postseason ball. The Braves have a lot going for them when you head to the postseason. You talk about Smiley can be in the pen. Tukey can be in the pen. Those guys have both been very good as starters at points throughout this season. Tyler Matzik has become one of the best relievers in baseball yet again. So there's a lot going on for this Braves club. And this West Coast swing is going to be very good. A very good barometer, uh, and you interspace it with enough bad teams to where you feel like the Braves can kind of take a measure, and even if they don't play so well, it's not going to hurt them too badly because they got a chance right after those to go and build back another lead to where they can focus on getting right for the playoffs. I'd like to see them handle that Padres team, which is in kind of free fall a little bit as well, and kind of take that over. As the Braves are 31 games away from locking up the division for a fourth consecutive year, 36 games left, the magic number is 31. We'll see if the Braves can shorten that number tonight as it'll be Max Freed taking on Kevin Gossman in what should be a very, very exciting matchup for both of these ball clubs. Should be good baseball for the next six or so games for the Braves fans going forward. So we made it through the two off days. Nobody killed each other. Braves Twitter didn't fracture completely. So good job, everybody out there. And to those of you enjoying this episode today, thank you so much for tuning in. That's going to do it for me this week. We'll be back again on Monday right here on Locked on Braves. Uh -huh.